Hello everyone and welcome to The Ace Space. This is an unscripted special where myself, Dave Rogers, accompanied by Matt Rogers and Key Michael, delve a little bit deeper into an episode of Unscripted. Today, it is Swedish sensation Bella Hack and she is, well, absolutely brilliant. We knew she was good on the court and this gave us the chance to find out how great she was off the court too. But before we listen to the interview in full, let's catch up with my... Should we go with partners in crime? Key Michael, how are you? Very good, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, actually. I've just leant back a little bit and got tickled on the head by the leaves of this plant, uh, which I haven't killed during lockdown. So that's good news. I don't know. I see a little brown leaf. Do not. You do not see any such thing. This is an audio only medium and you can just hear the sound of that brown leaf being scrumpled up <laughs> and disappearing forever. It is a healthy plant. A healthy plant is a happy plant. Matt, how are you, mate? Yeah, really good. Really good. I uh, had a good week. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out because Key, myself and the listeners all wait with bated breath for your construction tip of the episode. So, drumroll, please. This is more something I've learned. So I'm not sure if this is a tip. But I spent a lot of time making a sandpit because we had about three weeks of solid sunshine, didn't we? It was glorious. And I made this sandpit but I didn't make a lid. I thought, oh, a tarpaulin will do. That will keep the water off. And then, obviously, we had four days of rain, and the tarpaulin has one tiny little hole in it, which the water went through, and it ended up being a sand swimming pool. So I've now spent a week uh. trying to dry it out, and I'm going to make a lid for my uh. sand pit tomorrow. Okay. So is wet sand a problem? Mm. It's better for building sand castles, isn't it? it yeah. Well, you ideally want it a little bit damp, I guess, for the strength. I suppose it depends what the yeah. purpose is. But um, yeah, the wood would rot if we left it as a, a swimming sand pit. Right. I tell you what, your kids lead the life of Riley. They've got an outdoor kitchen to look forward to, a sand pit. Excuse me, that's for us. Oh, it's so, not for the kids. Okay. Can you be my dad? Um, They've got a mud kitchen. They've got a mud kitchen. That's all they need. What on earth is a mud kitchen? Oh, come on, David. <laughs> a, a mud kitchen uh oh he's in trouble David I live in a small flat in East London do you think I we've barely got space for a regular kitchen let alone one specifically for mud okay so a mud kitchen <laughs> is essentially a, a place where kids play with mud and pretend it's a kitchen so it's some pallets thrown together with some like old light switches to turn the hobs on and off and oh that's yeah so, so they sweet. they make up their potions with leaves and daisies and snails sometimes if they need a dead leaf i could maybe send yeah, it yeah, over send it, be... send it down send it down i'm not sure it'd make I remember the cut that. i that's the kind of stuff that growing up that's the kind of thing that kids should be getting into none of this all this plastic toys and all you know fake this and fake that just give them some mud to play oh, with am i the only person in this conversation who didn't have a mud kitchen what like <laughs> well i just was always in the backyard we had a little we had a little cottage in the back, way in the back of the garden that we, I would go out and sleep in sometimes. So okay. there was probably a mud kitchen in there. <laughs> and I didn't tell you the best bit, sorry. The best bit of this mud kitchen is I used an old tap from the original bungalow and connected it up to the hose. So when we connect the hose, this mud kitchen has got running water. Better plumbing. Better plumbing than, than some places <laughs> I've lived, that's for sure. Um, key, I feel as though we can connect on a, on a more real level than visceral kitchens. <laughs> uh, what have you been up to? Oh gosh, this 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 question always makes me nervous because <laughs> I feel like my answer is always the same. It's right in front of you, Keith. What have I what have I been up to? I didn't write anything down. <laughs> I've been studying. No, no for the these thing you're talking into. Oh yeah, I have a new microphone. It's all very exciting. It's very mm. exciting to be here. I feel like a legit podcaster. I'm an actual filmmaker, video maker. You can actually hear me when I speak. You sound fantastic. Do I? Well, and you won't be able, yeah, you do. And you won't be able to see this, um, listeners. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. Uh, it's got a blue light that pokes out of the top and it looks absolutely glorious. Yeah, apparently that's the criteria for whether or not a microphone is. <laughs> that's a completely different podcast. But my <laughs> rule is if it's got a blue light, then buy it. Anyway, today we talk about Bella Hack. She is hot property and when we started the unscripted mat we put it to the people we said who do you want to hear from and people could not wait to hear from bella so when she said yes i was very excited uh, yeah and i was as well um partly because we gave the fans what they wanted 
when you mm -hmm. when you think back to those original ones and, and in your outros and sometimes in the intros and, and, and stuff you're doing with the guests, you would always say, you know, let us know who you want us to do. But there's so many factors that come into making that happen, isn't there? It's, it's not just a case of us ringing them up, let's say, like we are pretending to. But we've got to contact them, see if they're up for it, <laughs> kind of explain the concept if they've not seen them. Then we've got to usually check with their club, sometimes with their national federation. Then you've got to obviously make sure they're comfortable with the English because obviously not everyone is, is completely comfortable with being recorded speaking English. And Bella Hack was one name that came back that straight away we said, I reckon we can tick all the boxes here. I reckon everyone would be up for it. We've heard her speak English. She's great, great on, on kind of the media side of things. So, yeah, pleased to see it become reality. And there's three or four people I went back to and said, you know, watch out, it's coming. And, uh, yeah. I'm sure they enjoyed it. Watch out. Well, she is... Oh, yeah, watch out. Hoo-wee! <laughs> but she is a, a generation of extremely talented young players. Of course, if you're tuning in, then you then you already know that. Um, but there are, there are a number of, of them in the sport at the moment in Europe, and we've spoken to quite a few of them on Unscripted, which is brilliant. Uh, and key, they really seem to have connected with that young generation of fans as well, don't they? People absolutely yeah. love Bella. Well, she's so sweet. How could you not love her? And she's so humble. I mean, she's she's literally come not come from a huge volleyball background. She's obviously very, very talented at a young age, but she's not coming into the world of volleyball as a superstar. But she's just blown up on the scene. And I think she's just, she's such a sweetheart. And you can see it and you can hear it and... There's, why wouldn't you be in love with her? <laughs> well, interestingly, though, it's it's a path that you know as well, coming from a country where volleyball isn't massive, but playing on a, a grand stage, whether it's the Champions League or for you, the Olympic Games as well. So did that resonate with you when she mentioned that? Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, I don't want to compare myself to her level because obviously she's a, a phenomenon. But yeah, coming from a country where volleyball is not, you know, renowned we don't get asked for our autograph in the street whereas you might do in brazil in italy um yeah it's it's cool because then when you go to a new club and they hang up your flag you know it's for you you're not one of three or four other players that are representing that country and it's yeah it's cool it makes you feel a little bit special like you're doing a little something for your country i think i can think on so for great britain i can think on two or three players who have played you know top level in europe but other than that... You were the first Brit to play in the Women's Champions League, though, weren't you? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to drop that one in. Uh, so what happens now is we listen to Unscripted with Bella Hack in full. Really, really hope you enjoy it, but stick around after it finishes because myself, Matt and Key will have a slightly more in-depth discussion and uh, maybe even talk about Key Michael playing some Champions League volleyball <laughs> some more. But until then, this is Unscripted with Bella Hack. Isabel Hack, the Swedish sensation, best opposite at the World Club Championship, Champions League top scorer. In fact, she's been top scorer in the Italian, French and Swedish leagues. Now at Vakif Bank, she's well on the path to becoming a great in the sport. But right now, she's on lockdown at home, so I called to make sure she's doing okay and see how she's passing the time. Oh yes, Bella! Hello! Hi! How are you Hi, doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Um, I am at home. I am bored. So I'm taking this chance to catch up with some people, some people like you, and spread a little bit of love and positivity. But most importantly, see how you're doing. So um, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Like, with everything that's happening, like, I'm happy to be home um, with my family. So right now, I'm in a good place, and I just hope everyone is as well. So you managed to, to make the journey then? You're back in Sweden? Yeah, I managed to like get the last flight. Um, they put in one extra flight um, back home. So I was like, this is my like last chance. Um, so yeah, that's what I did and now I'm here. So let's see for how long. Um, so you're back, you're back home with your family. Um, that's, that's really important and you're very lucky. Uh, have you yeah. managed to keep in touch with your teammates though? How are those guys doing? Yeah, a little bit. Um, we're talking through WhatsApp, um, the whole like club and like staff and players. We have a group chat, so our phys like 
a physical trainer gives us challenges like every second day to do and then it's like a competition um so like we we keep like our shape and just and we chat a little bit and then of course i text with my friends from the team also so yeah it's a competition but are you winning no Oh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm like every time I feel like I'm doing good and then when I see all the results in the in the evening I'm like oh okay oh, <laughs> who's not. winning then who's winning the competitions oh, mostly Meliha I would say um and Melis <laughs> I hope I'll I'll be the one someday but right now I'm not uh, the problem is though you're at home like if, if it's if you being at home with your mum is anything like me being at home with my mum she's like oh dave like maybe we could eat something i'm like yeah yeah mum, we could always eat something it would be like the worst thing for my fitness in yeah. the world and the thing is though i mean you've spent the last few years on the road you've lived in france and italy and turkey this must be like the longest period of time you've spent in sweden for ages yeah i mean Normally I'm just at home, like, but when I'm at home, I'm with the national team. Mm. So it's pretty weird to be home at this time, also like March, April, because normally I'm never home this time. Um, I don't know for how long, but, but right now it's like really strange. But it's also like if you see it in a good way, I get to spend time with my family and my sister that I almost never see. So, yeah, I'm just trying to see like the good things that come out of this, even if it's like a really bad time. So, yeah. And they were, my mom was supposed to come, like, in the end of, or beginning of March, but they ended up not coming because of everything, so, yeah. Yes. It's nice to see them at least now. Crazy times. What are you missing most about normal life? Um, I guess, like, uh, I mean, volleyball, I miss so much. Um, I see pictures every day. I get tagged and things and I'm like, I want to be back and just play. Um, but then of course, like being able to see like friends and the rest of my family, like normal. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most like things that I miss. Interesting. You get it. You mentioned getting tagged in things there. Cause the one thing that amazes me about you is, is you're so young, but you've got such an amazing fan base. Like people absolutely love you. Have those guys been sort of dropping you messages? yeah period. like they're like now in this time i'm like i guess everyone's keeping a low profile and because we don't know what's going on and we're not like playing and anything so it's hard to like keep them updated about what's happening um so like i got a message like what happened to you you never posted instagram anymore and i was like oh, no. <laughs> um but they're so cute like they're giving the best support always and since I moved to like Italy and Turkey, my like the fan base grew so much, and I'm really thankful for that, and I'm really happy. Yeah, it's a different ball game over there, isn't it? So you've you've played in Italy, and you've played in Turkey, like arguably the two biggest countries for for women's volleyball in terms of the quality, and then and then the Champions League success. That must have been like being on a different planet compared to growing up and playing in Sweden. Yeah, for sure. Like the interest is so much bigger in Italy and Turkey. Um, so like directly when I got to Italy and Turkey, like I just saw, you know, the audience and everything like they were so like into the game and yeah, it just changed completely. So it was really nice to see because the interest in Sweden is not too big. So it was like really completely a new thing. When did it become a dream then? Because obviously when you when you started playing, you were doing well indoors, you were doing well on the beach and probably quite a way above a lot of the people at domestic level in Sweden. So when did you think, right, I, I can do this at the very top level? Um, I started to play like in the first team when I was like 14. But like the year before, the year before I played in like the second division. And there we had like a good team for a second division and a great coach. And then like he really saw like the potential in me. And um, for me, it's playing like I was so young and playing in that like level. I realized I could, yeah, like I had potential and I really thought it was fun. So yeah, and then just everything went really fast. So it was, it was great. I'm glad you said fun because yeah. I think whether you play on a Saturday with your friends, or if you play professionally, if you're an Olympic champion or whatever, if it's not fun, there's no point, is there? Yeah, no, exactly. 
it's so important to just have fun always. Um, that's when you get better and improve. So, yeah, that's what I'm always trying to have. Like, and it's not so hard because I love volleyball, so I'm always having fun, you know. And also, it's nice with new challenges always to see new things and play in new teams and clubs and countries. So, yeah, it keeps it like fun always, and like you challenge yourself every day. So. Speaking of fun, I'm going to show you a video now and I want you to tell me about your memories of your first games in the Champions League. So I'm going to hit play and tell me what you remember about your Champions League debut. I remember this. It's so fun to see, like, I haven't seen this video in a long time. <laughs> it hasn't been too long, really, but I haven't seen it, like, for a while. But it was, like, it was really fun to play, like, Champions League has always been a dream, like, since my national team is not playing, like, two high-level competitions, like, playing with a club in Champions League is, like, the biggest thing I can do for now. So Champions League was always a big dream, and to, like, Play my first games there was really cool. It was a different feeling, you know. Um, so, did you ever feel intimidated by it? No, I get, I think I was just excited to do it. Like, I saw I've seen like many games before in Champions League, and I was just I want to be there and I want to see like what I can do there because it's like a different kind of pressure, I guess, and like different level and new feelings um so and then I don't know I just felt really excited to do it and yeah but you, for sure I was nervous too but I think yeah I I don't know it was just fun and you look at the numbers this season and you're the top scorer and you look at all the names who who play in that as, as you said like it's it's the biggest thing that you can do in your career. It's the biggest thing that most players can do in their career. And even though we've not got to the, the latter stages of the competition yet, it's, it's your name at the top of that scorer's chart. How does that make you feel? I mean, I feel really good, of course. Um, but I normally, I just try to focus on like what the team does. And like, I don't look too much at where I am, like with the scores and everything. I feel like, it's a thing we do together. I could not do it without my team. And, you know, so, of course, it's fun to look back at, like, being the top scorer. But it's not something, like, I put my focus on, I would say. Do you think you can win it one day? I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I hope so, too. Uh, right then, can we play a couple of games, please? Okay. Are you ready to play? <laughs> Simply the best. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Good. What's okay. Yeah. First one. Best atmosphere of any match you've ever played in. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I haven't. Oh, I have to answer quickly. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've experienced a few different ones. Like my first year in France, uh, my first year abroad was like, a big orchestra in the gym. It was like really cool. They played during the whole games. Like always was a really cool atm atmosphere. Like it was like the smallest gym, but they like played all game and we had a really big support like from them. Um, but apart from that, um, I would probably say like the derbies in Turkey, like the audiences, like they go crazy because um, it's a really big thing in Turkey. And yeah, like, there's always a lot of people watching and it's just like always a lot of yeah people screaming and stuff so yeah best player you've ever played against oh. it has to be against against oh i don't know i don't know i normally like get really inspired by people i play it doesn't have to be like one particular player but just small things from everyone i guess i don't know it's a tough one Best player of all time. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I could say my setter right now, Maya. I mean, she's really amazing and I've never played with anyone like her. Like, 
her mentality, her skills, like everything. She's just great. Yeah, I would say her. Best moment of your career? Mm, I would say World Club Championship for sure. was like the coolest thing ever. And it was a great tournament, even though it didn't end up as we wanted, but it was still like really, really cool. Best team in Istanbul? Like a <laughs> The best sport apart from volleyball? To watch or to play? Either. Best sport? I don't know. Uh, oh my god. This is hard. Uh, I'm thinking for too long. I would say like track and field. I did when I was a small kid, so I liked it. Best thing about being a pro? That I just get to like do what I love, like practice every day um, and do like what I think is fun. Uh, you mentioned there the, the Turkish derbies and yeah. one of the things that strikes me, of course, you've got so many good teams just in Istanbul, but the support for all of them is incredible. How have the fans accepted you? They're like really nice and welcoming. Like you can really see that they're so into the sport, like really interested and like, yeah, they're like crazy fans, um, mostly in Turkey. Like, yeah, really eager and uh, like they really cheer for you and like my Vakifan fans, like they really supported um me like since the day I came um or that's that's my feeling at least um but yeah you can really see that they they love the sport and they yeah they support the players it's the thing isn't it it's amazing and really important to have places like that where the sport is just made to feel special I think that's that's incredibly important yeah exactly that's really important and then you feel like you do yeah, you like you play for them and you play for you and for the team. Like it's a really big, like a big family, you know. What's it like playing under uh, Coach Gudetti? It's amazing. Like I, of course, I had high expectations, like for what I've heard, and he's really, really good coach. Um, I'm like thankful to play with his, uh, like with him, and to just learn. I I've learned so much this season. I never thought like it was possible to develop as much as I did. Um, but like you can see everything and the details and just like he wants to improve all his players every day more and more. And it's, it's amazing to see. So like, oh, credit to him really. Do, do you think it's possible for you now to, to be surrounded by the great players that you are and the great coaches and facilities? Do you think it's possible to sort of bring that back to, to the Sweden team and try and elevate that level as well? I mean, yeah, um, after seeing a few, like, different things abroad, um, it's for sure something I want to bring to, like, Sweden and the Swedish national team. Um, so, it's, for sure, it's, it would be difficult to, like, for me to maybe start something. But, I mean, with more people playing abroad um, in the national team, for sure, like, we can start something. And it's just good to have the experience and see what it's like outside and like in the really good clubs so okay time for another game oh i've got a four oh, no. picture don't say oh no it's yeah that was really bad last one <laughs> no 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 you were good on the last one honestly it's gonna look it's gonna look great uh, so this is the picture round i'm gonna show you some pictures oh, and no, you I need think. to work out who or what they are all right yep so the first one this is a very famous person from sweden From Sweden, Alf, Red, no. Oh, Alfred Nobel. Correct. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, Bell, and I was like, Nobel. <laughs> this is also a Swedish musician. Oh no. Say what you see. Eagle, no. Yeah? I yeah yeah say them all together. Eagle Eye Cherry, I don't know. Correct, Eagle Eye Cherry. What? I didn't even know that. Okay. 
Let's just You're two from two. Uh, okay, this is an easy one. Superhero. Batman. Correct. Three out of three. Way too long. I was like. And uh, this for four from four. Nobody has got four from four so far. Bruno got one from four. Um, so if you can get this last one, then you are the champion. What happens towards the end of a volleyball match? What happens? So you're you're leading two sets to zero. It's yeah. 24-20 in the third set. What happens? Match ball. Match point. Match point. Oh, uh, I'm not giving you that. You get three oh, out of four. <laughs> it's match ball. Match ball. Okay, match ball, match point. That, that's, that's my fault. Three and a half. You're, no. still, you're still not getting the point. Three, <laughs> three out of four. Round of applause for you. Oh. Uh, you, go, you go to the top of the table, joint top yeah. of the table. You are leading along with Britt Herbots and Louisa Lippmann, and you're all okay. beating Bruno. That's so, okay. girl power. <laughs> what about beach volleyball then? Because you did really well on the beach as a teenager. Uh, do you think you'll ever go back to it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's really fun sometimes. Like when I was younger, a few years ago, we had like Swedish Championship in beach volleyball, and I normally like participated uh, every year. Um, so it's really fun and I like to play in the summer, uh, but of course now it's not like something serious, but I think like it's a good thing to maybe go back to if I like quit indoors someday or even if I'm old, like you can play beach volleyball. So yeah, and let's, yeah, I mean every summer I always play some sort of beach volleyball, maybe not like a competition or something just for fun, but yeah, maybe I really, really like it, so. When this lockdown is over, I cannot wait to go to the beach. If there's volleyball there, great. If not, I'm just going in the sea. I am going to be going straight to the beach. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about life getting back to normal? Mm, yeah, I think, like I said before, just play volleyball again um, and see, like, my teammates and my friends. And, yeah, also, like, go to the beach, I guess, and... Like have a coffee with friends or like just being outside like normal and feel free kind of yeah just a coffee with friends is going to feel so good we're never going to take yeah. that for granted again are we no really it's something we always do and now it's like we can't even do it so so right i'm gonna i'm gonna head off in a minute because even though we can't go outside we've still got busy lives uh, what are you and your family up to today today um I think I will go, me and my sister, we bought like an outdoor gym, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like perfect. And you've got competitions um, to win as well. You've got to smash that gym. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I really got to do that. Um, and then we actually played some games since I got home, like just for fun. It's actually been kind of cozy just to play games. So yeah, I guess that's what we're going to do today. Um, again so yeah i mean what else can we do so it's but it's nice like we get some exercise and then just to play games with the family so. well i'm glad that in all this you are getting to spend some time with your family that is yeah. super important um thank you so much you have cheered me right up i'm not bored anymore and uh, oh, it's been you. really lovely to catch up looking forward to catching up when the champions league's back on and i can see it smashing some teams out of sight yeah i look forward to that Right, stay safe, look after yourself, and I'll speak to you soon, all right? Bye-bye. Yes, bye-bye. Bella Hack, superstar, our most viewed unscripted episode so far, and I think we found out quite a lot about her as a person there. Uh, you know how this works. Key Michael, heads or tails? Heads. <laughs> heads it is. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Key goes first. Unlucky, Matt. Get back in your box. Uh, what, were your, what were your immediate thoughts then after uh, listening to Bella for half an hour or so? Um, my, well, my first thought was she, she looks like such a sweetheart. And I, do, I don't know her personally, personally, but I have played against her. And I do remember my first thoughts about her when we played against each other because she was playing in Bezier. I think it was her first year out, out of Sweden and I was playing in France. And I remember seeing her across the net and, you know, she doesn't look 
she doesn't look like anything i don't know what the right word is she doesn't look scary let's say she looks sweet and like like a flower (laughs) and then as as soon as she whips that arm out oh my goodness (laughs) I remember I had to Google her immediately after I saw her in the first match because I thought, I've never seen this girl before. I've been playing however many years pro volleyball. I've never heard her name. I've never, but she's an absolute gun. Mm. And um, I, yeah, I just remember being really impressed and shocked at how young, but how talented she was on the court. Matt? Loved her. Absolutely loved her. I, I think it's great to see players of all ages here as well. She is one that is for the future, of course, but absolutely the present. I mean, she is starting opposite a vacuum bank. And for her age, that is incredible. You look at the numbers from the season that, that we didn't get to finish. I mean, she was averaging over six points a set. Six points a set. Just to give you some comparison, let's look at the men's top scorers. We've got Maxim Mihailov, who averaged 4.6 points a set. So she's outscoring him by nearly a point and a half. Incredible. In her first kind of year with vacuum bank. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is absolutely astonishing when you put it like that. Do you think having that success at that age comes with its own challenges, or do you just think you've got the exuberance of youth and you can just take every not just every game as it comes, every set as it comes? It's it's just another point. Yeah, and I also think she's got the personality to deal with her talent. I don't know if that makes sense, mm. but what I mean is she's got an incredible talent. But she's so down to earth and so kind of internally driven that I believe she will utilize that talent. Do you know what I mean? Like if her personality was slightly different, maybe she'd get ahead of herself or or kind of take a make a poor decision and, and not get where she she would have ended up if she made a different decision. But I, I think she's going to go right to the top in club volleyball. Obviously, national team is slightly different um, being from Sweden. But yeah, club volleyball, I think she's going to be at the top for, for a decade. I just so. think it's interesting you say that about her personality and how that's going to get her as far as her skills. Because as I was watching it, and the person that came to mind for me was Britt Herberts, who you guys have also done that unscripted with and who I know personally having played with. And they're, you know, these are both two very young and very talented players, but completely opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to personality. You know, Bella seems very quiet and very sweet and very sort of doesn't want to rock the boat whereas Brit is that sort of fire and you know get out of my way I'm coming for you and I want everybody to know it and yeah it is it's interesting that you say that about personalities how 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 that might affect their can you imagine them in the same team oh you're making predictions the same team (laughs) no I wasn't it's not a vacuum bank thing just (laughs) I mean obviously yeah it's not gonna have a national team but in club volleyball I can imagine them playing together and yeah if you think they've got 10 odd years ahead of them, there's a high chance of it happening. At the top of the show, when I was talking about that incredible generation of talent coming through, Britt was actually one of the players who I had in mind and, and Egonu being the other. The, the three of those, the, the sky's the limit really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd love to know the kind of offers that were on the table when she chose Vakiv Bank because I'm sure that wasn't the only offer. Um, but she obviously went with with them for obvious reasons. If you look at them from a, a supporting young players club as well as an achieving club. I mean, yeah, she's back there next season. I can't wait to see her actually finish a, a club season with them and where they end up. Mm. Mm. And it's, I think it's always interesting as well because you've, you've been quite keen to concentrate on club volleyball because it makes it not being surrounded by the same level of talent for your national side as you do for your for your club side means you can only go so far but sometimes it is amazing how far one special talent can take a team you mean having one key star player on a team yeah because actually and that's something that i thought about with hack when she was in france obviously she's gone to a different level and now there are much you know stronger players throughout the whole team mm-hmm but she was definitely the star when she played in Bézier and she was the go-to and they were giving her all the balls to score. And most of the time that worked, but at a certain point, you know, the rest of the team start to pick up on it and they, you know, they start to defend it. And if you have a long set or sorry, a long match and you're always going to the same player, if, if she has an off day, that can really affect the outcome of, um, of a match. Well, what's that like from a middle blocker's perspective then, Key, at that level, where you you know exactly where the ball is going to go? 
does that make it easier for you? Because maybe you can read it a little bit. Or is it <laughs> is it more frustrating when she does still keep scoring a bucket load of yeah. points? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's it's you can't say it makes it easier, but yeah, if you know the ball is going to go to the same person, let's say seventy percent of the time. Even when you get there, if you're not able to stop her, it doesn't really matter, does it? Have you ever have you ever camped, Key? Have you ever camped on a player? So you've uh, gone there even before the setters release the ball? Maybe not camped, as in, you know, you'll maybe make one step in that direction and the setter knows you're going there and the player knows she's getting the ball and everyone in the gym knows. Oh, I've but, camped. I have definitely camped as a middle. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There was a guy called Albert Glitz. If he's listening to this, please get in touch, Albert. You're a great player. <laughs> But he he was getting 70 minimum percent of the ball, sometimes 80. And in our booster final fifth set, we knew he was getting every ball. And yeah. there, at some point, we were having a triple block standing <laughs> and waiting, and he still hit a winner. And the setter still gave the ball to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's confidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, you've mentioned Bezier there, so so let's talk about that for a second. She mentioned that as a brilliant atmosphere for her to play in. What was it like for you as a visiting player? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> it's one of those gyms, and you only get this in this sort of small gyms that feel a little bit, not high school, I won't say it's that small, but you could only fit probably less than a thousand people in there. And it get, if it gets packed and plus there's the band, you know, right behind the service line, it just gives you this feeling of being underwater and your your head is pounding and your ears are echoing. And I, Bezier is one of those places that as an opponent, it is awful to play. So it was really funny for me to hear when, when Bella said it was one of her best atmospheres she's played in because I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's 20, and like we said, she's done the, that time in Bézier, and she's already done a year in Italy, and now she's in Turkey. I mean, that is a club career I'd take straight off, wouldn't you? We're spending a bit of time dwelling on age here, and I'm, but I think it's important for a number of reasons, because we've talked about how great she is for her age, or for any age at that level. But in terms of coming into a team and, and still being relatively inexperienced, in Italy and in Turkey and in France, where you're surrounded by players who are a lot more experienced than you, what do you think that's like? Well, in fact, you you know exactly what it's like, Key, when you're a more experienced player and, and a youngster comes in and, and, and makes such an immediate impact. Is that always welcomed or can it sometimes cause a little bit of friction with the older, more experienced players? Well, I'd say the mature approach is always to just assume that the coaches and the and the club have chosen the best players for the job, no matter what country they come mm. from, no matter their age, no matter their spike touch. They've put together a team based on what they think is going to be the best possible, that's going to produce the best possible outcome. So it's not my place as a player to judge who gets to play to judge who you know deserves to be on the team so I think in most cases it doesn't I I think in volleyball I don't see that kind of friction that you're talking about or in my experience I've only a couple of times witnessed it most most times people are quite welcoming and once you're on the team we're all on the same level kind of thing so you know I've been involved with volleyball for quite a long time but I feel as though I've learned more in the last couple of months than I had in the entire probably decade before that but before unscripted before unscripted yeah yeah it's yeah. uh it, it's really really sort of opened my eyes and 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 other such cliches uh, but one of the things I've really learned <laughs> has just been backed up by what you've said there even though there's probably more of a of a of a carousel and more moving parts and more changing parts than in a lot of other sports. One constant is the team ethic and the instant team ethic, and there doesn't seem to be. Well, obviously there are egos, and obviously people do have their their places in the system, but um, everyone sort of knows their role, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, and from the outside, it is kind of funny because as a fan, you see a player and you think, "Whoa, she's." so and so and and oh that look at her she's amazing and from the outside you kind of it's hard to imagine what it's really like until you're in it i mean i remember having mm. idols that i would look up to before i you know before i went to italy for example um for one example being valentina arietti she's a great middle blocker and we played against her in london i thought oh she's amazing and then all of a sudden 
she was my teammate. And you know, the first day you go in, you're a little bit nervous. What is she going to say? Is she going to like me? Am I going to be good enough to play with her? And after a week, you know, you're going out for sushi together. You're, you're just friends after, after the initial hump and you get over this sort of stars in your eyes kind of thing. And I think, yeah, that's why it's so cool to hear from these players that we all look up to, myself included as a player, because they're just people <laughs> at the end of the day. That's how Matt and I feel being on this podcast with you, Key. <laughs> you don't have stars in your eyes anymore. <laughs> All the rust has come off. Oh, it's become normal. I've burst the bubble. <laughs> Random Tuesday night activity. Um, can I do have a question, though? Yeah. What What felt better, mm. going out for, for a sushi with your role model or blocking them? Ooh. Matt, you underestimate <laughs> how much I love sushi. <laughs> um, ooh. You know, it's especially against somebody who's really competitive and you admire them for their competitivity. Is that a word? Competitiveness? <laughs> yes, that's better. <laughs> Competitiveness. Uh, close enough. I mean, just bear in mind that a lot of people who listen to this will be second language English, so please don't make words up. That's... He was brought up in America, so it's effectively the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I'm, I, love, I love getting a good block, I have, to, I have to admit. And especially when it's against one of your, let's say, idols or someone you look up to and you know they're, they're bringing you their best, they're not going easy on you. And if you still are able to block them, that's, that's such a cool feeling, yeah. So you're going with block. Oh, it's you know I'm always on the fence. I never like to pick one or the other. I'll never, I'll, you'll never get a straight answer out of me. Key, what were you doing in 1999? Do you remember? Uh, the, the party like it's 19. Do you know where this is going? That's the year Bella Hack was born. Yeah. So that that was the year. Of course, Matt. We always end up talking about Manchester United. That was the year. They won the treble. the treble. I missed the first half of that game because I was playing cricket in Abergavenny and I got a lift home with my friend Daniel Brown's dad, Rob, who drove like a maniac because he loved United as well. And he dropped me off at home and I watched the second half with my dad. So I was 15, 15 in 99. She's not the only hack on the Swedish national team, of course. It's a family thing. Mm. Sister Anna. That must be awesome to play with your sibling for the national team. I wouldn't know, but it must be. I'm, I'm not the best <laughs> sports person, but my sister Christina is bloody awful. So there's no chance either of us would ever put on the same jersey for anything. <laughs> but you must have done music with her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. How did that feel? Did you, ever, you performed with her, didn't you? You did something in a virtual pub? I've done loads of performances with my sister. When she became better than me at music, it stopped being quite so fun. <laughs> <laughs> no she's she's great i mean there are a number of examples across the sports uh those unscripted fans who listen to the antoine brizard episode uh will have heard him mention uh nicola karabatic as the greatest french athlete of all time he played in the french national team with his brother uh there were the nevilles of course uh, in the england football team who else they've, they've got to be loads april ross and her sister yes Summer. Uh, the Charltons, they both had a, a go for England football yeah. as well. Rugby, there's a few. The yeah, Villapolas. Polars. There is the. Oh, they were the. They were the. the Underwoods. Remember them as well. The Moriarty dynasty. The Quinells played for Wales. Um, but yeah, what like imagine? Well, you say the Underwoods. Uh, do you do you remember Matt when Rory and Tony played on either wing for England, and the camera would always pan to their mum whenever they got the ball, yeah. and they, she just looked like she was just having the most incredible time. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the pride for the whole family when the when the two of them pulled the the Sweden jersey on? It must be amazing. Well, there's the All Blacks if we're sticking with rugby. Um, Bowden Barrett and his oh, brothers. God, there's yeah. three of them in the team. That's the All Blacks, the best rugby team in the world. <laughs> Ludicrous. Absolutely. It happens quite a bit in tennis, doesn't it? Williams sisters. Oh yeah. Oh, the Murrays. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Williams yeah. and Murrays. There's also quite a few in volleyball. There's the Plaques uh, from the Netherlands. Uh, Martinez from Dominican Republic. Um, Are there and the men's and men's USA national team? Ooh, I feel like there, there might is be the Shogis. The Shogis. That's There's right. also the Turkish pair, isn't there? Uh, Gozda Kirdar and her twin sister. So if you know any others, listeners, tell us. Let volleyball talk is the hashtag. We don't push the hashtag enough, and I know that's my fault. 
I know that's my fault. So the hashtag is let volleyball talk. Or let let volleyball talk. Hashtag, hashtag siblings. Hashtag, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hashtag, um, hashtag you guys know nothing. There's lots. Hashtag. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'm under, I'm under no illusions yeah. that there are a huge portion of the listenership who are a lot more in the know than me. So get in touch. Um, I like making volleyball friends. So, so come be our friend, please. She, um, she was lucky to be back in Sweden, wasn't she? Because she said she got the last flight out and she'll be glad she did. I mean, looking at where she was basing herself with her family, outdoor gym. Oh yeah. Training with her sister. Yeah. So she'll be pleased to be back there. You said, oh, yeah, there, as if you're really missing pumping iron. <laughs> I'm really missing pumping iron. I was just, I was really jealous when she said she had bought herself an outdoor gym. I mean, as if just throwing that into conversation lightly. Oh, yeah, just just bought myself a gym. Um, what? I'm, I can't believe you didn't prod her more on that to figure out what exactly she bought. That that very much shows where yours and my priorities are in terms of conversation. <laughs> I was just thinking, can you just hurry up and get your dog, please? Um, and you're thinking, what equipment have you got in the gym? Uh, the word I like the most was outdoor. If I was to have a gym, mm. I'd well, have it outdoor, that's it for sure. between the, uh, the mud kitchen. Oh, here we go. And... Here we go. <laughs> I'll build yeah, myself a gym. Between the sand yeah. and the mud kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, she's got, before we, before we leave this, because it seems as though we could chat about Bella all day, um, when I mentioned her fan base, and it is massive because we've already alluded to the fact that this is the most viewed and scripted so far, she smiled, but it seemed as though she was quite reticent, like she was almost shy and embarrassed by the fact that that people love her. And I think maybe that's an age thing, but it, it's pretty cool, isn't it, that even though it's such a fledgling career, she's really made that connection with the supporters. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just, it's something you you'll she'll probably get used to more and more and I'm sure it's she kind mm. of she, I feel like she was almost thrown into it from 0 to 100 because her first, you know, mm. feet outside of Sweden, she was all of a sudden she was a star in Bezier and then she went straight to Italy and I mean, we talked about this on another podcast that the the fans in Italy, they they love you, they let you know and they make you feel like a star. <laughs> but um yeah, so it was it was nice to see your cute little shy little smile and yeah also we did the picture game with bella and i need to bring the picture game back i just ran out of pictures she right she didn't know eagle eye cherry you should have sung the song maybe she'd have got it then what what year was that out though what year was that out oh before she was born but come on you've heard of the beatles i love the way that you're, you're comparing eagle eye cherry to the beatles well look how many how many swedish pop stars have there been realistically abba yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's me done <laughs> well if there's if there's eagle eye cherry then we've got to say nina cherry because they're brother and sister oh more sibling success yeah. um can so, she stopped and, once and he got better than her <laughs> <laughs> uh right anyway let's call it a day before this gets absolutely ridiculous uh, do either of you have any uh final thoughts on bella huck i can't wait to talk about her in 10 years and see what she's achieved Mate, you will be 45 in 10 years. You can't wish that decade away. True, true. <laughs> I, I just believe she's destined for certainly a club career at the top. And um, yeah, I hope with the national team she gets fulfilment and, and satisfaction from what she achieves with them as well. Mm. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Key? Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I, I also will love to see her, the progression of her career. And also I'd love to see her on the, on the sand one day. I don't think it'll be anytime soon because I think she's got a long career ahead of her, but since she came from beach volleyball and that's why I was impressed when I saw her first, when I first Googled her, let's say, um, I, yeah, I'd be impressed to see her on the set. I wonder. Yeah. Cause if, well, if they, if they find her a great partner, that could Ooh. be a route to the Olympics. I, I think she'll be on the sand sooner oh. than you think. Like Maggie Kozak mm. style. Well, that's my reason as well. I, I think once she's achieved a, at a club level, mm. she will want to try and get into the Olympics, and that's the best route, probably. The thing is that the the stability is not there in beach volleyball. I don't know if it's different when a national team takes you under their wing and you know puts puts money behind you. But what she's probably earning in indoor won't compare to if she just you know threw herself out there on her own in beach volleyball. It'd be a gamble. Yeah, 
But if that's not a priority, then there you go. Then maybe you only need the money you need to live the life you want to live. If she wants to get to the Olympics, money, I think, would be a secondary thought, to be honest, as long as she's stable and and able to do what she wants to do. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, see, I've I've wrapped it up and you've just opened Pandora's (laughs) box again because, God, that's an interesting conversation. Um, I mean, you've you've been to an Olympics, Key, and you've played in an Olympics, and now you know everything you know about it. What additional sacrifices would you have been willing to make, whether they were financial sacrifices, whether they were physical, mental, like life sacrifices, all the things that you did, how much further would you have gone now you know how great it was to be part of the Olympic dream? Ooh, Pandora's box indeed. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Yeah, being able to call yourself an Olympian and having had that experience is something that so few people in the grand scheme of Earth are able to do and to say. <laughs> so, so it's, oh, but it's hard to say because if you, if you, if she loves what she does and she's successful at what she does, what other sacrifices? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I think the key is down to uh, Dave's comment. Can she find a suitable partner or can they find her a suitable partner? And then it's worth giving it a go, even if just for like one cycle. Yeah. Yeah, only t- only time will tell. Yeah. I'm nowhere near an Olympian, but if I was, I would give anything. But I'm so far away, I don't have to even think about it. <laughs> That's a great cliffhanger to end on because there's so much more to talk about and I can see this being an ongoing conversation with other unscripted guests. We will be back in a, uh, do you know what? We do this every time, Key. When are the podcasts out? The main podcast is coming out Mondays and the unscripted are coming out on Fridays. Yes, they are. Uh, thank you both for your company. I love doing these. And as pleasure. always, we've talked for far too long. So hopefully those of you who uh, are still with us have enjoyed that. Uh, do return on Monday for the Ace Space and you can join us again on Friday for another unscripted. And every now and then we'll pop a debate in there as well. The hashtag Let Volleyball Talk. I'm going to say it one more time because I should plug it more during the podcast. Let Volleyball Talk. But until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>